Hi everybody, this is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. So Greece has just rejected austerity measures imposed by a variety of European financial institutions and governmental agencies and is staging a potential Kate Moss style off the airplane stormy huff out of the European Union. They have also threatened to start printing their own euros. Uh, there's a variety of catastrophic exit scenarios now that uh, Greece has smuggled the Trojan horse of debt uh, into the European common market. But um, these issues go back very far and very deep, and there's something very important to understand as a whole. Because once you get into these kinds of death cycles, it's very, very hard to get out. You kind of want to not uh, jump out of the airplane and then try and angle yourself towards hitting a haystack. Good thing is to stay in the airplane to begin with, or only leave the ground with a parachute, or even better, don't leave the ground at all into these kinds of high-flying disaster scenarios. So let's take a little bit of a look back. Uh, the immediate issues that uh, basically Greece uh, had to sell its bonds uh, at, at like 24% and change in the past, and then once they wed up with Germany's credit rating, they were able to crush that down, and then it erupted after 2010 back up in high numbers. That's the immediate cause of the situation, but like a heart attack that's preceded by 20 years' lack of diet and exercise, the cause that is avoidable is not the immediate one, but the one far back in time. So as you're probably aware, Greece was ruled by a military junta up until 1974, so democracy is a little shaky in its roots, and the sense of legitimacy that Greeks give to their government is extraordinarily low. And we'll get into the reasons for that in terms of legality in a moment. But going back even further, uh, there were two giant waves of mass emigration that took place from uh, in Greece, um, which the modern Greek state was formed in the early 1830s. So in the late 19th to early 20th century, uh, there was an economic crisis in 1893, which followed, believe it or not, the rapid fall in the price of currants, or raisins. It was a major export product, of course, of the grapes that can't go into wine, go into hot cross buns. And in the period 1890 to 1914, almost one-sixth of the population of Greece emigrated, and of course mostly went to the United States and Egypt. And this emigration was encouraged by Greek authorities, not for the first time and not for the last time. See, and this is very similar to what's happening in America with Mexico, that uh, corrupt and tyrannical governments, governments like it when people emigrate uh, and go and make money elsewhere because what they do is they send huge amounts of money back to the host country in the form of remittances. So uh, you get a huge amount of money coming into the country from people who've emigrated from the country and are sending money back, but you don't have to provide those people any services. Those services are being provided by the host country. So you just get this giant influx of money. It's a very short-term solution to the problem. You get this giant influx of money for the host uh, government, which the politicians can use to buy the dispirited Donnie Kruger remnants of high intelligence that have remained behind. And that is a, a huge problem, but it takes about a generation to uh, play out. Now, between 1950 um, and 1974, more than a million Greeks uh, emigrated uh, to Western Europe, the U.S., Canada, and Australia. And um, 
There was, of course, a 1946 to 1949 civil war that almost ended in pure communist dictatorship from 1967 to 1974, a period of military junta rule that followed. And um, from 1955 to 73, Germany absorbed 600,000 Greek immigrants, Australia 170,000, US 124,000, Canada 80,000, and change. And they came mostly from rural areas, and they sort of flooded out into national and international labor markets. Between the late 1950s and the 1960s, close to a million Greeks, which was 10% of the population, migrated to Germany. And in their 1982 peak, remittance, remittances from these immigrants reached $382 million a year, which was more than 1% of the country's gross national product. Uh, which was quite... Now, by the 80s, half of the, Greek had, the Greeks had returned to the country because there were integration issues with the host countries and also more restrictive immigration policies as well. You know, it's tough to adapt to a foreign culture if you don't have philosophy because it's just oil and water to, uh, to mix. So this is a very important aspect of Greece and, by extension, your country to understand. I think it's fairly safe to say that the more intelligent people were the ones the most likely to leave. And uh, this has uh, been borne out by, by some studies and certainly from my own personal anecdotal experience that if you're willing to trade in the Aegean for, say, Winnipeg in 1965, where you are blinded by snow in the winter and choked by mosquitoes in the summer, uh, it's because you desperately yearn for a bigger and a better life. So the people with the most intellectual potential are the ones who tend to leave the most and the fastest. Now this is very, very important because there is significant studies and data and correlation that show very close to beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is the most intelligent people in a country who drive that, per that country's economic growth. So the average IQ of a country is important, but it is the peak IQ, the intellectual elite, who drive the country's economic growth. And when you have a country that is hostile to achievement, to, to entrepreneurship, to invention, to business, to anything, you, you name it, then those elites will leave and they will take your future economic growth with you. And that is really, really important to understand. We'll put the links to the studies here below the video. As always, you can check there. So um, IQ is very important as a whole, and IQ is one of the most heritable traits a human being possesses. Estimates range from 50 to 70% of a person's IQ is inherited genetically. So when you carve off the cream of the crop, when you take the most intelligent people and you take them out of a country, then you are crippling that country's economic potential in the future. It works the other way around, too, that if you get low IQ populations coming in to your country, um, you get the same kind of dysgenics uh, in the economy in particular. So there are various estimates. The, the data is imperfect, uh, so take it for what it's worth. But um, that uh, German IQ is around 100 to 102, and Greek IQ on average 91 to 93. And when we see this migration of a million of a very high IQ population, 
going from Germany to Greece in the 1960s and 1970s. Some came back, to be sure. And it's not the only migration that occurs that is relevant between the two countries, but you are taking some very, very intelligent people out of one culture and putting them into another culture. And that may have something to do with the fact that the German economy is doing relatively well, the Greek economy is doing relatively badly. These kinds of issues take a very long time to show up. But by the, t by the time they do show up, it is uh, almost irreversible. And this is why it seems very likely that uh, this is going to um, just have to play out. Uh, and uh, I don't know what the answer is going to be. But uh, these kinds of challenges are things to know and to really understand. Because not only have a lot of very intelligent people left Greece, but uh, they've also had a lot of uh, immigrants uh, from former Eastern Bloc countries, Albania, Bulgaria, Romania, and you can look up the IQs of these countries. And again, we don't say that uh, this is uh, any kind of absolute certainty, but it is uh, really important. The 95th percentile... Right, it was in the top five percent of people's intelligence of the intelligence of a population have a far greater effect on high STEM achievement, right? Uh, science, uh, technology, uh, engineering, and mathematics, uh, as a, than do the mean uh, in, intelligence of the population as a whole. Uh, so the quotes from the study are In modern society, the cognitive level of the intellectual class and its relative size are more important for economic development than are the, main, the mean cognitive level or the cognitive level and relative size of lower ability groups. So to translate that into everyday speak, just have a look around you. And all the things that you use, the businesses that you go to, the cars that you drive, the technology that you consume, how much of it is created and uh, brought to market and sold uh, by people of average intelligence. Well, I would say virtually none. Uh, from the study again, quote, in concrete numbers, an increase of one IQ point in the intellectual class raises the average GDP by 468 US dollars. Whereas an increase of one IQ point in the cognitive ability of the mean raises average GDP by only $229 US. So that is um, important. Now you might say, well, what does IQ have to do with income? Well, uh, it's... Um, about as close to uh, a linear map as you can. Put these uh, charts up and you can see just how, uh, how linear it really is when it comes to increases on IQ resulting in increases in um, income. Uh, Charles Murray found that in sibling comparisons within families, one extra IQ point produced an extra $810 per year by age 35. It takes a long time for this stuff to show up in terms of, you know, by the time you're 50 or 60, IQ has shown itself to be quite strong. And very high IQ people often see a dip in their 20s as they continue through their education. But um, very, very important. And it's a sort of a virtuous cycle because when you have more opportunity, when you have a freer market, when you have more openness in your economy and lower taxes, then you have smart people staying, they create wealth, that wealth can be used to help raise the IQ of the uh, country as a whole uh, through a variety of mechanisms. So that's important. The issue of IQ, uh, uh, general intelligence, uh, what's sometimes called G, uh, is, is really uh, important because you have a system that drives out the high intelligence people 
And then they send remittances back. And who's left? Well, who's left are people who will believe Greek mythology like, hey, the government can just create money out of nothing, and that's the same as wealth. Or debt is the same as having an asset. Or you can say want more things from the government while refusing to pay or avoiding paying your taxes and everything will be fine. This is uh, lower IQ processing. Uh, this is, um, and also you get vanity, you get nationalism with lower IQ people uh, as well because uh, higher IQ people just recognize that the achievements of others doesn't mean your achievement. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't mean that at all. And so um, lower IQ people always think that they're better at things. Like if you're not good at anything, you'll think you're great at everything. And uh, that's just called the Donnie-Kruger effect, which you can, we'll link to the title, uh, to the name down below so you can Google it for yourself. But uh, this is why you get these ridiculous uh, situations where there's this rapid Greek nationalism, like spending uh, 10 to 15 billion dollars uh, on the 2004 Athens Olympics um, for a couple of weeks of orgiastic flag waving, uh, followed by a decade of economic decline and uh, fiscal suicide, uh, smarter people would not be that interested in this nonsense. They'd say, well, you know, okay, you get to wave some flags, but for heaven's sakes, I mean, it's not really worth that. Smarter people are harder to rule. They're more profitable in terms of they create more wealth and you can tax them more. Smarter people are harder to rule, though, because they don't tend to respond to, like, rhyming couplets. The power of the people cannot be denied. Two, four, six, eight, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they just don't respond that well. They expect a little bit more intelligence. Also, smarter people, you know, you get those Nigerian emails coming into your inbox, and smarter people say, hmm, why would somebody halfway across the world be sending out random emails or want to contact me for a multi-million dollar transaction? It makes no sense at all. Uh, and uh, lower IQ people are like, yeah, wow, sounds legit. In I go. Here's my bank account number. And this, again, is an important thing. So politicians have a tougher time ruling smarter people because smarter people are better at understanding that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And so it's tougher. So the Greek people became easier to rule when the smart people left, and also because uh, when you have... Uh, a very generous welfare state, uh, what you tend to do is because the poorer, uh, they don't mind bigger government because they don't have to pay for it, right? In fact, they receive benefits uh, from, uh, from the government. And so they don't pay the taxes to go into it. They just so free money, free stuff. And because you're poor, in general, not uh, always explicitly and, and not universally, but if you're poor, in general, you tend to be less intelligent. So... When politicians offer you stuff for free, you're like, yeah, what could go wrong? Let's snort up, let's snort up all that finely ground up fiat currency until my eyeballs turn green and the bottom of the ocean falls away <laughs> in a massive tsunami of debt. And um, so politicians like having less intelligent people around, particularly if the more intelligent people are sending in these remittances because they can just tell them stupid race baiting or class warfare baiting slogans and uh, everyone's going to cheer and wave their flags. But the end result of it, of course, is that um, you end up with this uh, kind of mess that is going on in, uh, in Greece. So the solution, I mean, who knows what on earth it's, uh, it's going to be. Uh, I've got a video out previously which we'll link to below. Uh, 
which uh, is um, got some short-term solutions. But the long-term solution is just to recognize uh, that, uh, that you're an idiot, and, uh, and I'm an idiot uh, when it comes to expertise in a variety of things. I have no idea how to build a cell phone. I have only a vague idea of how things work. I do believe it's tiny cannons uh, sending HTML pixies uh, in a giant arc between us and some kind of tower where royal prisoners are kept. Again, I'm no expert on it, but we're all generally idiots uh, when it comes to the technology. We become so specialized and the brilliant people are producing so much great stuff that we all live as fundamental morons in an over-complex world. This is one of the reasons why uh, smart people um, who have any economic literacy tend to uh, favor uh, a free market because the free market is humility. The humility, the rational humility of saying, I have no idea how the economy of a vast multi-million person industrialized economy should be run. I, I simply don't have the wisdom or the knowledge, and never will I, to order millions of people around, take their money, to lather it here and there, and think that I'm doing anything other than buying votes and appeasing my own sociopathic vanity. So having that humility of recognizing that we owe a lot to these smart people uh, who give us all this great stuff, uh, we really should recognize that they are a val very valuable crop in society to drive them elsewhere is to end up with this just kind of dumbed down idiocracy that is going on on the Mediterranean at the moment. And um, I really, uh, I certainly am appreciative of the Greeks who came here to Canada because uh, they've produced some wonderful stuff and are wonderful uh, members of the community. Um, but those they left behind uh, are reaping the rewards such as they are of um, disliking the rich and they now have this ridiculous very high taxes a very high regulatory environment and uh, uh, a um, a system that is so corrupt that uh, international agencies have ranked Greece not just as the most corrupt country in Europe but one of the most corrupt countries around the world because corruption is one of these things that appeals to lower intelligence people right I mean there was a guy who just um, the, the top tax collector in Greece uh, said that he had to uh, uh, quit because uh, he was getting phone calls that said, uh, hey man, it's only going to cost me 5,000 euros to have someone break your legs. And uh, he had to have a police escort. He still does because remember, <laughs> gun control doesn't work. And so uh, also when you are a, um, a government and you uh, pass laws that make it impossible to prosecute you for any crimes you commit in office, which were the socialists. Um, there was a law that went in in 1997 and was revised in 2001. It makes it practically impossible to prosecute a minister or even a member of parliament for any crimes committed whilst in the office. And that's because of the conservative government, the prior conservative government, had prosecuted uh, four socialist ministers and a socialist prime minister, Andreas Papandreou, between uh, 1989 and 1992, and they were found guilty. Uh, and then when the socialists got back into power, they were granted parliamentary pardons. And then making sure that this could never happen again, the socialists passed these laws that said you couldn't, uh, you couldn't be prosecuted for any corruption that you did or, or you went through when you were in office. And uh, so naturally then people say, okay, well, if these guys can't be prosecuted for corruption and they're not exempt from their own laws, then why on earth would I be that interested in paying 
uh, my taxes. And um, as a result of all of this corruption, as a result of all of this misallocation of resources, right? I mean, massive amounts of money went to the Greek government, but the Greek government handed most of it, I think about 90% over to the banks that they owed money to. So it was just another bank bailout draped in a flag. Uh, this has resulted in um, Greeks becoming far less productive. Uh, also, again, with a lower IQ population, producing only $35 per hour compared to 55 in Central Europe. Of the 193 countries in the world, Greek ranks 61st in the ease of doing business index from the World Bank. And, um, of course, um, they were supposed to get uh, tens of billions of dollars from privatizing things, but they have this uh, multi-bankrupt OSE railway system, which is completely useless, runs nearly empty trains every day, pays workers five times the $18,000 annual salary of teachers, and has almost no value on the open market. So when you hand uh, money to governments, governments will buy the votes of dumb people. The dumb people will breed more than the smart people, who will generally leave and you end up with this kind of death spiral where you slip from the first world to the third world seemingly in the blink of an eye. But, like an earthquake, it is a lot of pressure built up over a lot of time with a sudden catastrophe that swallows freedom. This is Stefan Molyneux for Freedom Main Radio. Thank you so much for watching.